Welcome back to the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Schecksnatter. We roll into the meat of the fairground season, and we're happy to be joined by now two-time uh, 2020 Eclipse Award-winning trainer, Brad Cox. Brad, thanks for taking some time to talk to us. Uh, thanks for having me on, Chad. Um, we tried to do this back in 2020. I don't know if you remember the week of Louisiana Derby. We couldn't pull it off. Both of us had things going on. Um, that weekend, you went on to win the Munez with Factor This, the Derby with Wells Bayou, the Oaks with Bonnie South. That was a pretty good day. Yeah, no, it was good. Uh, th- think, uh, um, I don't think there's been many people win all three of those races. I think Bobby Frankel has, and um, you know, it was kind of special um, company to keep with. Um, obviously, getting our first win in the um, the Muniz, and that was our first win in the Oaks as well. So, um, I'm sorry, it was our first win in the Derby, and our and our and our first win in the Oaks. We'd won the Muniz with Chocolate Ride. Um, a couple of years back, but yeah, it was a big day. It was obviously the start of the pandemic, which was not great. But, no, uh, I mean, we we didn't know whether we were going to run that week. Yeah, and it we was, canceled uh, the next day. I think right. right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It was um, you know, obviously a tough time. We're tough times were ahead, but um, it was definitely a good day for us. So, how's the winter been down uh, down here for you so far? I know um, you got a little bit of slow, but you know you come around as usual, and the horses have been running pretty well down here. Yeah, no, overall it's been good. Um, you know, obviously Mandaloon to this point's been the highlight with the win in the uh, Louisiana Stakes uh, that's propelled him to take the next step to the Saudi Cup. We saw enough uh, to to give us the confidence to send him out uh, or send him to the other side of the world. So, uh, um, yeah, no, it's it's been good. Develop some young horses. You know, we're hoping some of these three year olds will start stepping up zozos was impressive actually we shipped him up to oakland just because the race came up this past weekend and but you know he was a horse that was training here broke his maiden yep. and he'll actually come back here this week um, and start preparing for either the louisiana derby the bluegrass the arkansas derby one of those we really don't have an idea where we're going with him he's back i think in 19 days so we'll give him time to recover from this one and go from there well that's one i definitely wanted to talk about and we'll get into mandaloon as well um oakland <coughs> oakland's been a little rough right rough weather up there um how do you balance that, just Oakland and Fairgrounds? I mean, constantly looking at what races, like you said, you had to put Zozos up there for that allowance. But um, how does that kind of change what you do up there? Because you can't really train, right, when the weather is bad up there. It, it, very limited training, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you'll go through some spells where, um, you know, you can hit a bad patch. We, we hit a four-day patch last week where, where we missed, um, obviously, four days. But um, And then we missed one day this weekend. So, you know, it, it is uh, it can be a little challenging having um, – um, maybe a graded stake horse there that you're preparing for a big race to keep them on a schedule. Um, but, you know, all, overall, we've been there long enough to know how it works. You kind of accept it <clears throat> and roll with it. I've seen horses that, you know, you, you, you think you need to train them uh, and breeze them every seven days and this and that, and you run them, and they run as well as they did if they, they were, were not running or uh, training. So it goes both ways, and there's horses you expect to run big that's mistraining that don't run quite as big. So I want to talk a little bit about your team here because I know you got um, you got great help, and I want you to recognize kind of them and, and, and what they do for you, not only here but at Oakland. Um, your son, uh, Blake's working for you here. That's got to be pretty cool to have him by your side kind of learning the ropes. Does he have aspirations of following in, in his dad's footsteps? Yeah, I don't think any doubt, there's any doubt that he wants to be a trainer. And, and you know, he's, he's a good horseman. He really is. He's, he handles horses well. He, he knows what's going on. And, uh, you know, he, he pays attention to racing. And uh, and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, he, he can read a condition book. He, he can, you know, he's capable of watching a horse breeze and tell, he can tell if they, they work well enough. And, you know, he, is, he, he has an idea of what's going on so i think he'll be fine he's still young um he's gonna be 21 next week and you know, i think he's got an extremely bright future ahead of him 
Do you want to keep him under your wing, or do you think you just <laughs> ship him off and let him learn maybe some tricks from other guys? I mean, uh, it, can't, it can't hurt, right? I mean, go, go somewhere else. But obviously, you probably want to keep him under your wing here. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to keep him. You know, I, I tell him, like, I went on my own when I was almost 25, and I told him I went on my own when I was too young. Yeah. And um, um, it was a lot of lean years. Uh, so, I mean, it's definitely been, you know, something that's taken a lot of time. Um so you know, look, I I don't know. We'll see how racing go, how racing itself develops over the next five six years. But you know, I, I think he he definitely has several years to to um, you know <laughs> continue on with us, and um, you know eventually have his own string at some point. And uh, you know once once he does and he feels comfortable and he gets maybe the right opportunity, you know opportunities has to knock as well. And and uh, you know he he'll uh, definitely at some point hang his own shingle, and I'm sure he'll do a fine job. So, you know, you touched on Zozos real quick. That was the Friday allowance winner. He wasn't exactly a secret here first time out. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I mean, everybody kind of wanted to see this horse run. He was kind of a buzz horse. But, man, that race on Oakland on Friday, I mean, he blitzed that field, geared down. And um, I think he ran a second faster than they did the race, the, the following race um, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you mentioned elsewhere you may not have a Kentucky Derby contender, but one may pop up. He got an 88 buyer, which is pretty good. I mean, that, that stacks up this time of year. Um, you're bringing him back here, you said. you just going to take a look. Um, Stakes Company, I imagine, next, either here or Oakland, right? Yeah, for sure. Here or Oakland, we could look at Keeneland. Keeneland's a little ways off with the bluegrass. But, you know, listen, at this point, he was back in 19 days. Uh, you know, he received a big figure. We're, we're going to give him time to recover from that. We're going to take one big swing with him, one big swing. And, and if, the, if the swing, you know, if we, not, if we, we hit it over the fence, we're off to the Kentucky Derby. If not, then, you know, you can look at other things. Uh, well, there, there's other options um, throughout the country, but you know, listen, he's he he acts like a good horse. He's got an incredibly good mind. Um, he's smart. We like him a lot. First time out, I thought he ran well. Um, he didn't really switch. He didn't switch leads down the lane. He maybe raced a little green. That's all. You know that, that that's that you can we can live with that. Um, and you know, he came back. He breezed well the week before or the week before the allowance race. I thought you know, listen, that race was sitting there. Um, I have like three, two or three Colts that were eligible for it. And I thought, honestly, he was the one that made the most sense right now to ship him up there, and it worked out really well. Yeah, he ran well, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, I know you got a birthday coming up. Um, they, they, they kind of start rolling together because we're close to the same age, and, and you know, you're kind of like, oh, what am I, 40 something? Mine's 40 the 30th, years? by the way. Not, oh, it's the it, 30th. Yeah, um, I think Wikipedia has it down as March 3rd. They, <laughs> forgot the, they, they forgot the zero. It's the 30th, but it is coming up. Yeah, well, I mean, you've been at this train thing for a while now. It closed in on 1,800 wins, multiple strings and jurisdictions, but um, is it fair to say that Monomoy Girl put Brad Cox on the map? Yeah, for sure. I, I, think, I think Chocolate Ride played a big role, too. Uh, Chocolate Ride and another horse named Carve. Uh, mm-hmm. Those were our two first. Carve was our first graded stake winner. It was followed up that next winner by Chocolate Ride. So, um, you know, those were horses that I think showed the nation or, or owners out there that we could compete at the graded stake level. And I think that's what you got to have. I mean, you got to have horses that, you know, um, that that you can sh- sh- show people, um, you know, you, you can compete compete um at a, at a high level and but monomoy girl you know right back to her she was a f- first grade one winner we had knocked on the door very very close in some grade ones um mm-hmm. beating no a nose a time or so too but uh, she was obviously once again the first one that showed um the racing world that we could compete at the grade one level and prepare a horse and you know not only f- with her i think it helps so much that she was a grade one horse um, throughout her whole three-year-old season, obviously, yeah. um, at, at the age of five as well. But her whole three-year-old campaign, she she won, I believe, um, five grade ones. So um, it wasn't just a, a fluke or, or, or one race wonder. It was a, a whole season and a whole career that really um, 
um, you know, just was amazing. And I'll say, I mean, in regards to all the horses we've had and, 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 and the training jobs we've done with so many horses throughout the years, getting Monomoy Girl back to the grade one level off being – being gone 16 months was the greatest training accomplishment I feel like we've had to date. Well, that was um, certainly special. The first Breeders' Cup win for you, um, the Kentucky Oaks win. You scored two Breeders' Cup wins in 2019. You had Kofefe, British Idiom, which are two very nice fillies that you had. I think 2020, you know, like we said, will be forever remembered as the COVID and quarantine year. And mm-hmm. um, But it's also a year that you won your first Eclipse Award as a trainer. And a big reason why was that Breeders' Cup at Keeneland. Um, you knocked off four wins that day. Juvenile Phillies turf with Ant Pearl. The Juvenile with Essential Quality. The Dirt Mile and Nick's Go. And, of course, Monomoy Girl wins the Distaff for the second time. Um, did you think you could win four that day? And what do you remember about those two days? And don't tell me that you don't remember factor factor this losing the turf is yeah. about the four wins. But what do you remember about those two days? I, I mean, it was it was it was unreal. It, it was a little odd. I mean, I remember we obviously shipped over to Keeneland after everyone had their final work at Churchill, and I remember just being one of the first people to ship into Keeneland. And and it, during the Breeders' Cup. Um, they put you on Rice Road. It's across the street there, and it's it's um it's a real good setting for horses, large barns, uh, big shed rows. Um, it's it's horse friendly, and we shipped over and it was real quiet. And as the week went on, uh, the anticipation for the race is built. I believe we took eight horses over. And we had nothing on the undercards. They were eight horses all running in Breeders' Cup races, and you know I thought, man, we're we're set up for a really really big week, and uh, and not only that, you know, once the horses got over there and they settled in and they were training, it was like, wow, these all these horses are training really well, and and you know honestly, I thought, man, the, the fact that this could win the turf or the, oh, wow. the dirt turf mile, right? And Arklo, I loved in the turf, so um, now nah, you know I really did think we had a fantastic shot to to have a big weekend, and and it worked out extremely well. Um, I, I guess the the biggest thing I'll remember is is um, you know it was a good atmosphere. I mean, obviously there wasn't much of a crowd, a little bit um, with COVID, but um, you know it, it was it was really special. You know, Keeneland, Churchill, Kentucky, it's home for me. So wow. to do it at Kentucky in Kentucky, it meant a whole lot. So you have an Oaks, um, you have Breeders' Cup wins, and now we roll into 2021, and um, you had these two monsters, Essential Quality and Mandaloon, and you went the whole winter last year, not even wanting to talk about it, Derby, because you don't want to jinx it too much, but you get both of them there to the, to the Derby, you saddle two horses there. Before we get into the race a little bit and how they performed, tell me about that feeling walking over with your family as a Louisville native, knowing, hey, this is it, here we go, you know, take it all in. You know, it, it was a lot of buildup, obviously, throughout, oh, wow, weeks in advance. But, uh, you know, someone asked me, uh, I've been asked this question before, um, it wasn't really, I didn't view it quite, I, I, it wasn't like I felt, I, I, or it wasn't what I expected, is right. what I'm trying to say. Um, I think I was just kind of so key, In the moment. Yeah, kinda. in the moment, kind of watching Essential Quality and Mandaloon, probably Essential Quality a little more. Um, Mandaloon's pretty straightforward, he didn't nothing really ruffles his feathers right. um where essential quality there were drones flying overhead planes and i really yeah. was just kind of watching him as opposed to listening to the crowd or or the buzz um but not you know it, it was it was it was a special um special you know moment um and, and you know once again um i can remember like once we saddled both horses i legged the riders up and walking out you know they play my old kentucky home very right. special moment right. For anybody that you know what's going on in 
that knows what's going on with the Derby. And, you know, honestly, so zoned in to what's going on with those horses, I remember, like, walking out onto the track, and I was standing on the track, on the outside rail, watching both horses with their ponies, starting the process of warming up, and thinking to myself, they'd already played the Kentucky home, and I never heard it. So, like, it's just, you know, you're, you're working, right. and, and you're, you're, you're so in. You're, in. Yeah, you're so dialed in to, to uh, you know, hoping everything goes well. The horses are, are you know, you know, nothing's bothering them and they're taking it all in and, um, you know, that you really don't view it like you do being a spectator. Right. So it's, it's, it was totally different for me. So EQ goes off as the favorite, right? It runs maybe the best race of everybody. Um, only gets fourth, but the risen star winner Mandaloon was forgotten off his no show in Louisiana Derby six weeks earlier. First off, what happened at Louisiana Derby for him last year? And then tell me how did Mandaloon go from being a buzz horse working like a freight train at Churchill and then leave the gate at 26 to 1? I mean, that was just a little crazy. Yeah, he was definitely a buzz horse. And, and you know, once once the um, Louisiana Derby – before the Louisiana Derby, I mean, I was I was really, really confident, and um, which, mean, which means absolutely nothing. But, um, <laughs> you know, super confident with how he was training and, and you know, my, my confidence level was through the roof with him in the Louisiana Derby. I thought, you know, this horse is, he, he's, he's going to win. And when he wins, my thoughts were like, I think he could be so impressive that he may be the favorite for the Kentucky Derby. Right. And, you know, once again, um, you know, where they always say horses. They surprise you. Yeah, they surprise you. And, <laughs> Good and, or bad. Oh, and disappoint you. <laughs> and there Good was a bad. huge disappointment. And he came out of the race and started thinking. I remember getting back to the barn and my son was like, hey, do we run him back in Lexington? Do we, do we, you know, what do we do with him? You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Let's just, let's see if there's something wrong with him. Right, right. And nothing, absolutely nothing uh, came out of it. I mean, just like it was. Just wasn't his day. It was I mean, not his day. And, and he, he just wasn't having any part of it that day. You could tell the half mile pole, he just wasn't going forward like he needed to be. Florent, I thought, put him in a good spot. Just wasn't uh, wasn't his day, and he didn't fire. So, you know, obviously super super discouraged. And I talked with Garrett O'Rourke and Judd Mott and said, you know, look, if this horse trains forward, I mean, you know, he's earned the right. He won the Risen Star. He's got the points. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we just take a shot in the Derby. And it, the closer we got to the Derby, watching the horse train, watching the horse breeze, it was like – there's no reason to not run this horse. Right. I mean, he he's he's a he's he's a real horse. He has been up into the Louisiana Derby, and he came out of the Louisiana Derby uh-huh. uh, fine. So we just marched forward, and you know, it's it was it was, you know, we're we're very fortunate and happy we took a shot. So you run second to Medina Spirit. We all know what happens to him, and not going to drudge up any of that. But I want to, I do want to ask, kind of what's going on. Have you heard anything about when a decision on that may come? I know they had some meetings last week, or maybe they didn't have meetings last mm-hmm. week. But have you allowed yourself to even worry about what could happen with the the whole Derby situation in Mandaloon? Uh, no, not at all. Um, and, and you know, no, I, I have no inside track on anything going on in regards to meetings or decisions or any of that. And you know, listen, it's. Uh, it's 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 i don't know i've never been in this position it's definitely not like winning a race or you have a feeling in regards to like uh, an excitement or you know you're you're looking for someone uh someone's misfortune or anything so uh, yeah you know it's it's kind of it's kind of it's it's definitely weird and odd to say the least and it's definitely not, not like winning a grade one or especially a kentucky derby so um you know, I, they could keep the money in the trophy, and I'd like to experience it as opposed, <laughs> right. the right way, Live, as, yeah. a, as opposed to, to the the money or, or, or trophy. But you know, you'll take it, you'll move on, and you you know, the bottom line is, you know, we're still working every day to try to get back to that position, um, and you know, hopefully, we can cross the wire first at some point in a few of those derbies. I mean, that's our goal is not only to win one, but maybe a few of them. 
So EQ is off to the breeding shed for 2022, but uh, Mandaloon does have some unfinished business. And I watched the Louisiana Handicap right by you, and as you went by Midnight Bourbon and galloped out, you said, and I'm not going to say the exact verbiage, but something along the lines of, we have a real horse this year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I mean, how excited are you about maybe making a run at Horse of the Year with this horse? I mean, he's training great here, and like you said, you're about to put him on a plane to go across the world, but um, it seems like he's stepping into the shoes of, you know, you lose Nick's go, he go, goes away to the breeding shed, and EQ does, and here comes Mandaloon right 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 next to him yeah yeah no doubt i mean this horse is starting his four-year-old season um you know he's ahead of where nixco was at his career i mean nixco had a fabulous career and a great two-year-old season held off a little bit at, at three but um you know mandaloon's been you know super consistent one bump in the road in the louisiana derby he's obviously rebounded from that and uh, you know we're hopeful as long as you know he stays happy healthy and sound you know he can be one of the top handicap horses in the country well, let's take a break right here. We'll um, come back with Brad Cox. We'll go through the barn, and we'll look at some of the runners for Saturday and Risen Star Day, and we'll be back right after this. History and horse racing mean something, and the folks at Louisiana Craft Butchers can certainly tell you about horse racing in New Orleans. Another historic element in New Orleans is the food culture, and at Louisiana Craft Butchers, they specialize in delivering the perfect meats for all your needs, whether it is a tailgate extravaganza, watching football at home with friends, or holiday feasts. Louisiana Craft Butchers offers it all, from boudin, hogshead cheese, and tamales, to selling over 20 different sausages, including the New Orleans favorite Palmisano homemade Italian sausage, which is a family recipe of Angelo Palmisano Sr. and his wife dating back to the 1940s. Don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. Louisiana Craft Butchers out in Kenner. Check them out at lacraftbutchers.com or give them a call, 504-466-9788. That's 504-466-9788 or online at lacraftbutchers.com. Back on the Fairgrounds podcast with trainer Brad Cox. And Brad, um, I guess we start with Saturday's runners. It's hard to believe because um, you go into these days usually with a bullseye on your back, right? But you're kind of flying under the radar, I think, this Saturday in the Risen Star and the Rachel. Um, You've won two of the last three Risen Stars and got the Rachel back in 2018 with Monomoy Girl. The two Risen Star, I think both are going to be prices in there. you got Bodoc for Calumet and Tawny Tawny Port Mm -hmm. for Peachtree Stable. What can you tell us about these two and their styles and maybe what the expectations are for this weekend? Yeah, both will have to step up. But obviously, Bodoc, um, he's a a street boss that's a half. I'm sorry, he's a full to hints, which was a a successful horse for Calumet. And, uh, you know, we're hoping and thinking this horse will stretch. you know, he, he, he came down here, he was doing well. He had a little bit of an illness, a setback. Got him back to the races. We're planning on stretching him out. Six for a long race came up. I thought, you know, let's just run him. It's been a while since he run. Get another run into him. So, um, you know, listen, he's, um, you know, we're ho- hopeful that, that he'll get the, the mile in an eighth. Uh, it's a big ass. He's going to have to step up, and we'll see how it goes. Um, other Colt, Tawny Port, uh, two for two on synthetic, both around two turns. I think he can get the mile in an eighth. Um this guy, his figures are definitely going to have to improve, but I think it's possible. Um, you know, good-looking colt, expensive yearling that's, um, you know, bred to go um, two turns and a mile and an eighth, and hopefully he can, um, you know, put it all together and step forward. Are these two horses, do they train together? or? Uh, yeah, they've actually breezed together the last two weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, I will, my opinion of the breeze was um, – Fairly even together, maybe Bodoc a touch better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this past week, um, Tawny poured a little bit better on the gallop out. So that would be my, 
my honest opinion, and you can view that however you want because most of the time it doesn't mean sh- anything. <laughs> right, right, anything. Right. <laughs> so, um, but no, they're both. They are both happy, healthy, and moving well. So, um, I I expect them to 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 run good races, uh, and we're going to just kind of see if they can swim in the, this end of the pool. This mm-hmm. is obviously the, the, some deep water for both, and uh, you know they're both going to have to step up. Turner Loose is going to go into Rachel. It's a really a, a nice purchase, $50,000 yearling purchase for Ike and Don Thrash. Uh, four starts at four different racetracks as a juvenile. Was in that crazy three-way photo in the Jessima and the Jessamine at Keeneland. Um, earned her a trip out west. She wasn't herself really in a juvenile mm-hmm. turf fillies, but um, you backed off, bring her back here. How has she matured since that start at Del Mar, and um, what makes you all uh, go for the dirt right now? Uh, you know, she trained well enough on the dirt last fall. Um she, you know, she's not a big filly. She's a little bit of a lighter frame filly. Um, so that kind of led us to the grass to begin with. Uh, and, and obviously the distance at Ellis Park, you just, it's easier to find a, a race going two turns on the turf. It's a little bit kinder on some of these smaller frame fillies. Um, so it, it worked out. Obviously she stepped up. She big winning Kentucky Downs. Keelan was a big race. Ended up third. And then, uh, yeah, just wasn't not <clears throat> herself that day in California at all. Never really uh, grabbed the bridle, took the jock anywhere she was sitting in perfect position and just uh, no horse at all so <coughs> we regrouped we gave her a break um she responded well she's had a couple moves here down down here at the fairgrounds um and working well on the dirt and it's you know give us opp- give us a chance to take a shot here in the, the rachel and see if she likes the dirt you got a couple of maidens um, no you're good you got a couple of maidens going <laughs> Um, more than work is going to be part of the third race, along with Alma, Al, Almanzo, uh, the turf race there. Are both of those going to go in that race? Uh, yeah, they'll both run. Both, uh, you know, Almanzo, you know, he, he's a tap. He can go either way in regards to pedigree. Um, <clears throat> he's really not run quite as well as we expected on the dirt. Um, he may have needed it his last race, too. He had a little bit of a break between his um, his, his Churchill race and his fairgrounds race. But I, I think he's going to step up. He's... He's been training well, and if he takes to the grass, I think he'll be tough. Um, other horse broke from the outside last time. He actually had a pretty pretty tough post. Over really the tough post, yeah. yeah that, 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 that was another crazy race that day. I mean, mm-hmm. three of them hit the wire yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it Maybe really could be four of them. Yeah, yeah. it could have been four. But uh, he ran a real, really good race given the fact he broke from way out in the um, – you know, outside, and uh, ho- hopefully he'll move forward. But both those horses are doing well. I expect them to both be there at the end. Major contender gets his second start here at the fairgrounds. Me going to uh, have the rail in uh, the fourth race sprinting. This uh, distorted humor colt for uh, Gary and Mary West, a homebred for them. Uh, fifth last time out, but he ran into a nice horse, huh? Zozo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ran yeah. into Zozo's first time out. Yeah, I think this horse will eventually go long. We thought we'd school, try you know, give him another um, race around one turn before, before we – uh, stretch him. He's not a big horse, um, but I do think he he should should stretch at some point. Um, I think this might be a good spot. Not wild about the post, but hopefully he can overcome it. Uh, six race on Saturday card. You got one in, and um, that's Masai Warrior. Masai Warrior. Um, Masai Warrior. That that's one actually. Um, I was on that horse on uh, on, on Lecompte. I really thought when Colby had him by a, a, a length in the lane. Uh, and the other horse, Gunfighter, comes yeah. back and beats him. And, and I thought Masai Warrior was going to hang on. But um, it, this looks like a nice colt, too. I mean, you, um, he's, he's close to getting out of these maiden ranks. Yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hopeful Saturday will be his day. Um, he, yeah, once again, I mean, he looked like a winner last time. And 
run down by a horse that you know the, the gunfighter's decent. I mean, he's a nice yeah. horse, we're a big figure, and uh, hopefully this this was this Colt's first time going long and only second race of his life. So I, I, I'm I'm thinking that you know he got something out of it, he needed it, and now here we are. Uh, he's been working well since, and hopefully he can uh, step up. Gunfighter and Cyberknife are going to see each other in the eighth race. Plan on running both of those in uh, the allowance race on Saturday. Yes, yeah, we're we're going to run them both. They're both doing well. Uh, excited about. Um, both, um, and you know, we're ho- we're hopeful that this is a step toward um, you know introducing these horses back to graded company for the three year olds, and you know, hopefully one of them, maybe both of them, can step up. You know, Cyberknife, no secret, we like him. Uh, you can tell by how we've run him and placed him that you know we think he's a good colt. He's not all there mentally. We're, we're hoping that you know just racing the experience of leading him over there will continue to pay off. And uh, Gunfighter, you know, ran a big race last time. Obviously, it was his first run around two turns. I think it was his third start of his career, and um, he stepped up. He, he's a horse that's uh, been working really well here all winter, so we'll see how it goes. Do you think Lasix is, uh, um, is is something with Cyberknife? I mean, too bad he had Lasix in the main special weight here, and, and he had to come off of it for the stake, but is that something that, no, uh, not really? Not really, no. I mean, if they're bleeding, yes, but he's right. not bleeding, so therefore I, I can't really use his next I was I was watching him in the paddock, and I was like, man, I might put a little money on, uh, on Cyberknife if he doesn't act up. And he looked, he, he seems like he did fine in the paddock yeah. leading up to the race yeah. in the and he looked composed, and, you know, you're kind of waiting see what he's going to do, if he's going to pull out any tricks mm-hmm. on you or nothing. But I thought he was pretty composed. He just, you know, he just didn't run, you know, as good a race as some of those other Yeah, races. no, no. He was a little wide. I mean, he just and, and had all opportunity uh, when they straightened up at the corner pole to, to kick on, and he just didn't fire. So, uh, you know, he's a horse that, you know, we're hopeful that, you know, he just continuing to take him over there and getting him some experience he'll move forward. A couple others in the barn here. Um, I saw worked over the weekend, got a bullet work. She dares the devil's back. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kentucky Oaks winner from last year. What a nice horse um, <laughs> she is. And now she gets some um, the older the older fillies and the Azari and Apple Blossom, I assume that's the, the, the right spots for her. Yeah, that's our plan right now. She's uh, She, she came, was in Ocala, uh, came to us the first part of the year and really um, stepped up and uh, getting ready quick. She's, you know, obviously the older horse that – uh, these older horses, they get a month or two off. Didn't take long to get them ready, but she she looks amazing physically. Um, you know, she's a good workhorse. Had a fantastic work yesterday morning, so, so super happy with what we've seen so far. Juju's map is she still on? Uh, the, yeah, uh, she's actually she's gonna be here today. Oh, um, good to the fairgrounds. Okay. Uh, you know, she's very close to starting her uh, getting back on the work tab. Don't really know where we're going with her right now. Um, it's a little too early to tell, but she's happy. She's healthy, and we're hopefully she'll have a big twenty twenty two campaign. It's a turf spurner I want to ask you about. Going good. A four-year-old congrats, Philly. Not seen since Saratoga, but she was eight starts last year, four wins, two seconds. The damn good deed was one I, I liked. I liked the damn good deed when she was running around the Midwest. And um, is going good back, getting back together yeah, and yeah. run soon? We're probably going to point her for the stake. Um, let me change your name on some of these things. Uh, We've had Derby weekend. That um, No, I think it's uh, March 1st or so. Okay. Uh, Mardi Gras. It might be the Mardi Gras. Oh, the Mardi Gras handicap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the <coughs> Mardi Gras handicap. Okay. So, um, uh, then we're pointing her for that right now. She's doing well. She looks really, really good. And you'll see. Let's get her back going there. Warrant is uh, skipping the mine shaft this weekend, but is he a contender for the New Orleans Classic? Actually, right now we're uh, thinking about taking him to Santa Anita for uh, the Big Cat. Okay. Um, you know, we don't. We've looked at the division out there. We've trying to try to do some homework. I know it's it's early. I think the race is March fifth, and we're trying to come up with who may run. And we just think it might be a good spot for him. And, you know, I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get at the Grade One level. Mm-hmm. Um, and this might be one that's, um, 
you know, make, make, make sense for him. Uh, he ran a really good race last time, um, beating a little ways, but, you know, obviously ran between, behind two very, very good horses. And was carrying more weight than both of them that day for yeah, some reason. Yeah, I yeah. just don't no, understand. Talk, you know, it, do, it doesn't make sense with this day and age with racing. Uh, a horse like that could carry more weight than... I think one horse we're excited to see um, is this Into Mischief uh, Colt you got out here by uh, AP, Mindy, in AP Indy Mare Flashing, and the horse is named Strobe. Um, all she, in the flashing, all she did was win the test at Dan's, been, but Strobe's been on the regular on the work tab here at the fairgrounds. Um, I don't know if you know this. Did you know the full brother, Crump? Yeah. His run here, yeah, yeah. He, he <laughs> broke his mate. I think he broke his mate here, uh, yeah, for, Bra- for Britain in, in December. Yeah, yeah. ran second. Um, actually, in a race you win with fan club, actually, yeah. was in that race would run second. But tell us about Strobe and um, how uh, how this one's coming along. Um, he's he's training well. Um, you know, he he's a little ways away. He had a gate work last weekend. Um, there's over a little bit of a heavy track and um, planned. I think our plan right now is to work him next weekend out of the gate again. So he's getting close. I'm going to say the first part of March, he'll be ready to roll. Okay. Icy stare down, a frosted three-year-old filly that's at Oakland, broke maiden by six for, broke maiden at six furlongs in the mud. Um, that race has come back, a really key race with a couple of winners. What's the plans for her? Uh, she's actually entered in a stake um, this weekend, the Dixie Belt at Oakland. Um, but she's doing good. We have a nice frosted filly that we're hoping can take a step forward, and she'll be competitive in stakes this year. So you got the icy stare down <coughs> and, and girl with a dream. One to Letlia here, sprinting, goes over to Gulfstream, runs a great race um, last weekend, gets the forward gal, seven furlongs, taking that next step. Do you keep pushing the envelope with her, maybe get her around two turns? You know, and- we got her back here at the fairgrounds. We're going to kind of let her <coughs> just settle in from that race. Um, I, I'm not I'm not sure if she's going to be a two-turn horse. I'm not saying we won't try it, but we're just going to kind of let her tell us over the next few weeks, uh, you know, where we are with her. How good was Plainsman the other day? Really good for, for a horse that hadn't run in a couple months and, and it actually missed a work race week before and wow. run against a you know a very good horse. Horse was second, uh, you know, ran, ran a game race and it, it was a good matchup. So, you know, proud of his effort, very consistent horse. We've had him we had, you know, we, we we took this horse over like halfway through his three year old season. We had him for for probably six, seven months. Uh did did, did some good with him, won the discovery. Lost him, uh, then we picked him back up, and we've had him for a solid, oof, I guess we've had him for now, maybe a year and a half. And, you know, he, he's been a little bit of a project along the way. I mean, he, he's had some issues with his feet, but right now, he's, he's the last year or so, he's been, been on go, and he's just a tough, solid horse. Really cool horse to be around. He's a very kind horse, uh, beautiful horse. Uh, kind of plain, but big and kind, and, 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 and you know, if you, if you hang around him, you'll like him just because he's, he's just such a kind horse. And he's a millionaire now for, uh, for John, Ed, Anthony, and Short Leaf Stable. I know they're native of Hot Springs, but... Um, would you could keep him up there? Probably keep him up there at uh, Oakland. Probably so. Uh, Mr. John Ed obviously really uh, gears up for for Oakland, and he he loves racing there. His family's there; they're able to come out to the races, and and you know the Oakland handicap's probably his his big target. He may show up in the Essex, but that would definitely be uh, his um, you know his, his uh, Breeders' Cup this <laughs> spring. Yeah. Um, how many Louisiana bred you have in the barn besides Australasia? Is she the only one? She would be the only one. She's the only <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I know she's um, and she's not she's not just a Louisiana bred. I mean, she's held right. her own at Open Company, and I'm sure you're glad to have her back running. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to getting her back started. This is an, um, a great race to get her back started in. Uh, you know, three, three other things that she's eligible for. That's uh, you know makes all the sense in the world to get her back going, and hopefully we can get her 
Um, you know, this is hopefully a step toward, you know, graded stakes this year. She's a stake winner. We need to make our graded stake winner to increase her value, and that's that's our plan. One more debut I was going to ask you about, then we'll get to some other stuff. Coach Happy, five works at Oakland. You got a 3 year debut coming up soon for this one? Yeah, I think – I, I can't remember exactly when, but there is a race in the book there at Oakland that we're, we're getting ready to enter him in. Are you kind of surprised he's run happy or excelling going long when he was such a dominant sprinter? Um – yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, he, yeah, I could see that. You know, uh, funny story about Run Happy. I claimed as the mayor. Did you really? Uh, yeah, uh, I think I claimed her off Todd Fletcher for like five or ten thousand. I oh lost her God. for ten thousand or seventy five hundred, and uh, ended up selling her for like one point four million. So oh, uh, yeah, Bella Jolie. I'll never forget this. Bella Jolie. Yeah, wow. Claimed her at Turfway or claimed her at um, Delaware. If you look her up, it says start of last connection. I was listed as the trainer. Oh man. So, uh, oh but, wow. Uh, That's a good. Yeah, story. That's a good one there. I um. You know I. I, I think uh, it, it's hard to say. I mean, obviously, uh, Run Happy was a brilliant horse. They thought he was going to go long. It, mm. they tr- I think they tried him in the Comp as a three-year-old maybe yeah. down here. So, uh, you know, he was brilliantly fast horse that, you know. I think sometimes we, you know, when a horse is really fast, um, it doesn't mean they won't go long. But they're, it's kind of like if it's not broke, you don't fix it type right. of thing. So, um, you know, I'm sure if they would have stretched him. Uh, you know, it's definitely, he could have definitely, you know, stretched out. So I got a couple of rapid fire questions for you now. Favorite small track? <coughs> mm. Small track. Uh, I'm going to throw I, one that I think you really love. I was going to say Indiana Grand. Indiana Grand. I was yeah. going to say Prairie Meadows. Yeah, yeah. You've done a lot, yeah. a lot of good at yeah, Prairie Meadows. No, that's right. That's right. I, I like, um, um. I mean, yeah, I would say maybe even Delta. I mean, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's any time we're, we're, say, running horses that we may think maybe might have a little bit tougher time getting their maiden broke. Um, and we like Ellis. I don't know if you declare Ellis a small track. but yeah, not, I mean, not, not the way it's been going the last couple yeah, of years. So, uh, you know, th- those are all tracks that, that we like. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I like anywhere we can win. <laughs> like your favorite horse growing up. Not one that you've trained, but your um, favorite horse growing up. Lure. I was a big fan of uh, Lure. He's a fast okay. miler for uh, Claiborne and Sugar McGee. I was always, I don't know, I was very, very, um, I was just uh, amazed at that horse. And when I kind of, you know, kind of was, you know, getting into racing, I was just a fan of Lure. I really like Lure growing up. Favorite sport other than horse racing? Uh, probably football or basketball. Um, probably basketball early on as I've gotten older, maybe watching football a little bit more as opposed to basketball. But those would be my favorite. Most ridiculous thing a jockey told you right after the race. And you don't have to name names on this one if you don't want to. But win or loss, what's uh, one of the most ridiculous things you've heard? I don't know if it's one particular thing, but I'm not a big excuse guy. <laughs> and I think most right. of my guys uh, know I don't really like excuses. I don't like hearing about, oh, I could have got here, I could have got there, and all this crap. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I It's, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe sometimes when uh, – you know, you, you finish mid-pack, and you know you had the horse as ready as you're going to get it, and, you know, the jock comes back, and maybe they kind of give you, like, oh, you know, next time, next time. It's like, uh, there's an earthly nothing. If I do exactly what I just did next time, I'm going to end up in the middle of the pack. So, uh, no, I don't, I can't really come up with one line. I mean, do you, um, are you a big instructions guy in the pack? Zero. No Zero. Not many. Very rare. We just go through the pace. Um you know, um, I, no, I think instructions Leave it up are to them. incredibly overrated and you're wasting your breath. Kevin. So <laughs> doesn't matter anyway. No, no, it doesn't matter. And you know what I've noticed when you really dissect a race or you try to dissect a race and, you know, I think you can get an idea of the pace, the play out, 
how, how it's going to play out. But you, you, you'll, you'll, you could spend 15 minutes dissecting a race, and then when the gates open, it doesn't even, it doesn't even play out anything like you thought. Right. Uh, you know, you may think, oh, this jock's aggressive. He's going to leave there. This horse has speed. Next thing you know, it, it's, it's. I think, I think a lot of that stuff's overrated. One thing I forgot to mention: Bonnie South. Is she back here? She is. Yeah, she's she's doing really well. Doing really well. We're good. We hope to see her soon. Um, you can follow you, Brad Cox, BradCoxRacing.com. You're more of a Twitter guy. Is that you on Twitter, or is that the boy? Is that, is that... No, I have a Holly Smith runs my Twitter account. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm on Twitter, but I, I don't post. You mess with Marla too much. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a great source for for information. Sometimes too much. <laughs> yeah, sometimes too much is right. <laughs> well, Brad, we certainly appreciate the time here on the Fairgrounds Podcast. Best of luck this week, and uh, no pressure, right? Going for a three-peat in the Eclipse category. you got to yeah, start somewhere. Yeah, and then no pressure now, right? No, no sir. No, sir. Keep, <laughs> keep, keep, keep things rolling. That's all we can do. All right, Brad. I appreciate it, man. Um, that'll do it for the Fairgrounds Podcast. For our guest, Brad Cox, I'm Chad Schecksnyder. Check back later this week as we'll be dropping a couple of different handicapping podcasts in advance of all the big races coming up this Saturday.